This episode is sponsored by F1 TV Pro. The F1 season is starting up again and there are so many races on the horizon. So many tracks all over the world, so many podiums to try and secure, so much impending anxiety for my beloved Ferrari. We're going to win it this year, right guys? And with F1 TV Pro, you'll never miss a moment. It's completely ad-free and includes live feeds of every practice and qualifying session, F1 sprint events, Grand Prix, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with driver onboard cameras, team radios and in-depth data. Even better, this year you can completely customise your race weekend around your schedule. With the new mobile-friendly design, you can get all the race action wherever you are in the world and across multiple devices. Whether you're watching on the go, settling in with popcorn to watch live, or you're looking for some more deep-dive content to keep you up to date through the week, F1 TV Pro has got you covered. Sign up today to F1 TV Pro for an unmissable 2024 season. everybody and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. It is your favourite time of the week. Driver ratings, where we give our opinion and you disagree with it. It's a beautiful time, isn't it, Tom Bellingham? We love, we love sharing our opinions that are wrong in everyone's eyes. Exactly. It's okay to disagree as long as we're all adults about it. Exactly. And we know that there's going to be no adulting whatsoever. Uh, so let's see how it goes. Now, before we dive into it, of course, we have to share our five-star review. And if you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know why. And uh, we will potentially pick it next time to be read out. This one comes in from Christina Liddell from Australia. As a fairly new fan to the sport, I unfortunately don't have any friends who are interested in F1, yet I'm working on converting them. P1 with Matt and Tommy fills that void of that cosy feeling of chatting about a sport you love with your mates. They have a fantastic mixture of everything you could want in your coverage of F1, from fellow fans, from genuinely funny humour, that's not true, to serious discussion and in-depth reviews of the race weekend, to predicting what will happen next, to interacting with their community, and even on occasion with F1 drivers. Even my mum loves Matt and Tommy and listens to the podcast and watches them on YouTube for their thoughts on every race. Our race weekend simply aren't complete without them. Well, big shout out Thank to Christina you. and Christina's mum. Big shout out to you. Thank you for consuming our washed content. Oh, that means that mums and dads alike are now going to be using our terminology, Tommy. What, what are we doing? That is quite here? something, isn't it? Yeah, maybe they just don't actually fully understand what we mean by washed. It's bad, okay? Just to clarify. Okay, let's get into driver ratings then and begin with our boy. Logie Sarge. Sprint quality 13th, sprint race 16th, started the race in 18th and finished 17th. I'm going to go with a 5 out of 10 for Logan this weekend. I think it's straight down the middle. He was looking reasonably promising, actually. I mean, to be fair, I think every driver on the grid was looking promising at some point during the Belgian Grand Prix because of the way in which the strategies were, were unfolding, some drivers going long, some drivers stopping really early and then coming through the field later on. But Logan was, was looking good and he was only a few seconds off Albon and then he got stuck behind Carlos Sainz. And that's unforgivable because Carlos Sainz was driving a donkey at that point, a, a donkey with a hole in it. And... Uh, it's a shame. It's not. I can't give him any lower than that. I think it's just one of those slightly unfortunate. Wasn't. I think he finished seven seconds behind Albon. So, yeah, average. Uh, I have gone low. I've gone for a four out of ten. Maybe it's because he's broken my heart and given me. Uh, you know, I thought this was going to be the one for points. And when you look at the result of. 
finishing 16th in the sprint and 17th. It's not where I thought Williams would be. Um, yeah, I know their strategy was terrible, but it's just un- unfortunate. And yeah, maybe he needed to do a bit more of a daring move to get past Sainz to not ruin his race or something. Yeah, it's, it's a shame for for Logie because I thought this was going to be a good weekend, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't, was it? There, it was a it was a really weird strategy from Williams, as I said in the the main podcast. Like we, they did a seven eight lap stint on the softs, then they pitted for mediums, did sixteen or so eighteen no sixteen laps or so uh, on those mediums, then pitted again and did a ten lap stint on the mediums, and then pitted again. They did a three stop strategy. And it just did not work for them one bit. Alex Albon up next. Sprint quality 12th. Sprint race 12th. Uh, started the race in 15th and finished in 14th. I've gone for a 6 out of 10 uh, for this. Just kind of good, but not great. Um, yeah, just another disappointing one for Williams. Albon's been really good this year and I thought this would be like I said, with Logan Sargent, uh, a track that would suit Williams, and this would be the the po- the points uh, on the board. You know, um, I know it was your like bold prediction, but I I thought it would be. I thought it was a very good prediction to think that Albon would get a couple of points. It, it seemed like this track would really suit them. We saw them flying past people on the straight, but yeah, it just didn't didn't quite happen. Um, and maybe if they'd qualify, maybe if Albon had done his a bit more of a qualifying masterclass, which we've seen from him a few times, then maybe they might have been able to do something when they're a bit further up the front. So, yeah, 6 out of 10. I don't know how accurate this is, but I think I was watching one of the highlights, and I can't remember which commentator said it. Maybe it was Alex Jakes, maybe it was Crofty, or maybe it was one of the analytical commentators, but they said that they were like 12 miles an hour quicker than any other car in a straight line. Hello, Alban victory at Monza. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they were so washed in the middle sector because they yeah. had no downforce. But uh, I, I don't take that as fact, but I'm pretty sure I heard it in the highlights. So uh, that is it looked a, an like a, it. enormous amount of speed in that car. Um, I've gone for a 6 out of 10 for Alex Albon as well. Um, I, I made that sound like I'd gone for different then. Um, yeah, I, it was... A, t- a tale of two halves, really, for that race. It looked like he was potentially going to finish up there in around seventh. And then just, yeah, the strategy was was pretty washed. If you look at the, the front runners, they managed to extend the soft st- stint almost double the length of some of the, the cars further back. Now, I know some of them may be trying an undercut, trying to get out of the Carlos Sainz train, stuff like that. But it just didn't work out for them. Uh, you know, the, the Verstappens, the Perez, the Leclerc, the Hamiltons going extra long managed to then successfully do a really nice two stop um but but yeah it uh, a three stop definitely was not the optimum strategy now daniel ricardo sprint quality 11th sprint race 10th started the main race in 19th finished 16th oh it's such a shame and it's and it kind of then comes to how hard like how does the weighting of these ratings go uh because the sprint race finished 10th but that's no points, and therefore you may as well not have turned up. And then you have the main race where he was incredibly washed, in my opinion. So I'm going to lock in a 3 out of 10 for Daniel Ricciardo. It was a struggle for him this weekend. Uh, I'm not even going to try and beat around the bush. I'm not even going to try and defend him. He was off the back of the pack, and look, he's kind of just saying he's happy to just have a few races under his belt and blah, blah, blah. Lots to analyse, but... 
going from the last race where we were going, oh, okay, Danny Rick, come on, here we go, hungry, whoop, whoop, whatever. And then we come into Spa. Perhaps it's uh, some time away from changeable conditions and so on and so forth. But then the sprint race is where he performed and the drier race is where he didn't perform. I don't know. It just it just didn't work out for Danny Rick and he was, yeah, one of the worst drivers, I think, out there uh, on Sunday. Yeah, the, the Sunday was an absolute shocker for him. Uh, didn't help that he cut cut the corner at Radion and uh, the track limits because he was not miles off Yuki in, in qualifying before that happened and it meant that he was you know out in Q1 um, and then yeah uh, a weird a weird race where he was just languishing at the back the sprint race was much better um, but I've gone for a four out of ten just because uh, the main race for uh, is the one that matters uh, if you don't get any points in the sprint. And it is very hard to get a point in the sprint when it only goes up to the top eight. Certainly is. Uh, we now go to his teammate, Yuki Sonoda. Sprint quality 16th, sprint race 18th, started the main race in 11th and finished in 10th. I've gone for a nine out of 10 for Yuki Sonoda, which might seem very high when uh, he was absolutely washed in the sprint. But like I said, it's really hard to score a point in the sprint. And uh, in the race, he was absolutely fantastic. And Alpha Tauri, it's unbelievable, like how bad that car is. It seems like they they do seem like far and away the worst car. And the fact that he was, you know, running up in sixth place during the uh, some of the race had a brilliant start uh, and was very concerned he was going to drop down to his eleventh. Uh, and we'd had a bit of deja vu from the start of the season, but no, uh, held on for points and did uh, brilliantly I think uh, a very good job from Yuki and uh, back to where a bit of hype that we saw at the start of the season from him okay really you've gone for a nine out of ten for mm. Yuki Sonoda that's really controversial because I have gone for a nine out of ten <laughs> uh, yeah he was really impressive it looked so quick at the at the start on the mediums as well he was making some progress uh, and one of the only cars I would say that actually made the medium tyre work uh, to some extent, although pitting him on lap nine seems reasonably early for a medium stint at the start, but of course it's heavy fuel. But yeah, to, to score a point in the Alpha Tauri is, is, is something to write home about. And, you know, that brings their tally to a whopping three. So that's a third, in, you know. Overtaken K-Mag in the championship. He's rocketed up to 17th. Huge moves from Yuki. So yeah, nine out of 10, I think is, is very fair. Nico Hulkenberg now, sprint quality 20th, sprint race 17th, started from the pit lane, finished 18th. I'm going to have to give him a 3 out of 10 for this weekend. I know that some of it's not his fault, but I think overall was a weekend. How can I give him any higher than 3 when everything was bad? There wasn't anything that was really good about Nico Hulkenberg's weekend. It felt like he was last at all times, whether it was in qualifying or whether it was uh, well, both sets of qualifying. And then he obviously started from the pit lane and then finished 18th, which was the last of the runners as well. Just a very washed weekend, I think, both from Haas and uh, maybe slightly from Nico as well. Yeah, gone for a... I went for a 4 out of 10 for Hulkenberg because he had the problems um, in qualifying, which is such a shame because these conditions, you know, at the start of the weekend, you thought this is prime Hulkenberg conditions, wet, dry track. But, yeah, had problems with the car... And just an absolute stinker of a weekend. The the biggest flop curse really hit hard on house. 
my sincere apologies, Hass, but I'll be taking that point and locking it away in my uh, predictions bank. Uh, Kevin Magnussen now, sprint quality 18th, finished the sprint in 14th, started the main race in 16th, and finished 15th. Gone for a four as well, even though Magnus has done a bit better, but I think he should have done a bit better when Hulkenberg had some car issues. So um, it's nothing special, but maybe uh, a little better than he has been after you know we mentioned that we're getting a bit sick of him. Like He managed to make it into the next part of qualifying and then blocked Leclerc and <laughs> ended up uh, dropping positions anyway, but yeah, fifteenth um, in the in the race is not not great. But then it is Haas, and they're they're incredibly washed. They are very washed. I'm giving the, I'm giving K Mag a five out of ten. I, I I think that he's had a straight down the middle kind of weekend. Um, he did show moments of of pace as Tom Bellingham is letting in Frank to to really listen into this driver ratings uh, podcast. Yeah, uh, obviously it was. Uh, I mean, I don't really know what he was doing impeding Leclerc. It felt like his mirrors had fallen off because he was just in front of him forever. It seemed, um, but yeah, it was a slightly more promising drive from K Mag. But I mean, only finishing fifteenth is crazy. But that Hass is literally awful. Uh, so yeah, five out of ten, I think for for K Mag. Lance Stroll now sprint quality fourteenth, finished the sprint in eleventh, started the main race in tenth, and finished ninth. Gonna go with a six out of ten for Lance. Um, obviously, he crashed in the uh, the sprint shootout when he was risking it on the mediums. Although that whole ruling seemed very strange that uh, it was a it was it wasn't declared a wet track, even though it was definitely wet, and therefore he was forced to go on the mediums rather than the softs, and then and then crashed. But yeah, it's just Lance. He just seems like he has kind of a, an all right weekend and then picks up a few points. That's just kind of Lance Stroll in a in a nutshell, really. So six out of ten, I think, uh, encapsulates that beautifully. Yes, uh, I think it does. Six out of ten is kind of, it wasn't bad. Um, you know, he scored a couple of points. Uh, the sprint didn't go to plan, but I think that was a very just weird call by Aston Martin anyway to put him out on the, the mediums. Uh, right at the end of the session. Uh, very odd choice. Well, you're not going to send uh, them out on the mediums at the start, are you, mate? <laughs> well, no, I think you would have Yeah, done. Frank. No, no. Yeah, Frank, come on. You want to you argue, mate? Yeah. Well, he he reckons he should have sent the mediums out on the, at the start. Okay. I think you should because it was like, if you're going to go for the dry tyres, you might as well just keep them out and warm them up. But yeah. Uh, either way, odd choice from Aston and they're they're just kind of being a bit a bit washed, they're falling down. I, I, I do wonder where Aston Martin could end up in the constructors now um, mm. after what looked like, you know, especially when Stroll's maybe not scoring as many points as Fernando. No, I mean, it's still a reasonable points haul for, for Aston Martin as we now go to yeah. Fernando Alonso. Uh, sprint quality 15th, sprint race DNF, started 9th and finished 5th. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 even though he he's crashed in the sprint race, um, uh, when you could argue that maybe Aston were never going to s- score a point anyway from 15th, doesn't excuse the fact that he's gone off and had a had a spin. But I think I think fifth is actually like a mini miracle <laughs> that he's managed to finish fifth in that Aston Martin, um, which in my opinion is now the fifth uh, fifth best car and. 
to to get a p5 bag quite a good amount of points still to um he's hanging on by a single point now to third in the championship but he's still there uh going into the summer break um and i think fifth is actually a a very very good result if there was no sprint i think it's like a nine maybe even a, a ten because i don't think he could do any more in the race but Ooh, he's losing points because of the sprint that Fernando Alonso bias really shining <laughs> through, trying to give a 10 out of 10 for a fifth place. Come on. Uh, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 as well uh, for Fernando. I think that he had such a lonely race, which sometimes we then don't get eyeballs on exactly what he's doing or what he's up to. But he was just very relaxed in P5. And I think that's something that is testament to how well Fernando drove in that race. Of course, as you say, made a slight mistake, well, I say a slight, a big mistake in the sprint, which uh, maybe docks him one point. But yeah, I'm in full, full agreement that he deserves an eight out of 10. Valtteri Bottas now, sprint quality 17th, sprint race 13th, then started the main race in 13th, finished 12th. Ah, uh, it's a difficult one. I think I'm going to give Valtteri a seven out of 10. Um, no points, but the Alfa Romeo doesn't seem particularly great. I'm more sort of judging this on the fact that Valtteri has now started to beat Zhou Guanyu in in some uh, regards, which is not what he has been doing all season. So you've got to give props to, to Valtteri for, for picking it back up. Um, he was five seconds off of finishing in the points. I just feel like Alfa Romeo very much a car, again, sort of similar to Alfa Tauri, where they're just not... I mean, there's the top five teams. So anything outside of that, you're not likely to score points. Uh, so, and of course, if you have Piastri and Sainz go out, which then opens up a, a bit of an opportunity there. But I think it was a solid drive for Valtteri, both both in the sprint and uh, in the main race, but just no points to show for it. No, he didn't. Um, seven out of 10 as well. It's a good drive in a car that's, I, I believe, is not capable of points. Um, finished 12th for the third race in a row, which is quite mad. Uh, and he was close to points. He was only five seconds off. So, yeah, it's a good... Um, a good drive from Valtteri, but 12th. Um, can't give any more than a 7 for that. Oh, well, if it was Fernando Alonso, you'd have given him a 10 in that alpha. Oh, you may, well, you know. 11, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Guan Yu now, sprint quality 19th, sprint race 15th, then started the main race in 17th and finished 13th. Gone for a 5 for Zhou Guan Yu's just a bit of an anonymous weekend. Um, not on Valtteri's pace and... Yeah, every time I sort of looked at the standings, he was near the back. Um, actually, quite surprised he finished thirteenth, to be honest, because uh, it seemed when I was looking, he was quite quite low down the order. But yeah, just a bit of an anonymous race and uh, not on Valtteri's pace. Uh, I've gone for a six out of ten. He finished ten seconds behind Valtteri. Was one place behind in thirteenth. Again, I just. I don't really know what's going on with Joe Guanyu at the moment. It just seems like he's he's going off the boil slightly when uh, he was starting to sort of make a name for himself uh, at points during this year and uh, and beating Valtteri quite comprehensively at times, um, which is what he needs to do because we've spoken about this before. It genuinely feels like Valtteri is in that sort of twilight period of his uh, Formula One career where he's just having a bit of fun. You know, he's having a Kimi Raikkonen potentially. Um, so yeah, Joe Guanyu in his current sort of phase of his career has to be beating Valtteri Bottas week in week out now I would I would argue at this point um and to then to then sort of build momentum and and get other teams uh, to start talking about him 
Oscar Piastri now, sprint quality second, finished the sprint in second, started fifth, and did not finish the main race. I'm going for an 8 out of 10 for Oscar Piastri for this weekend. The sprint, I mean, it it writes itself, doesn't it? He uh, was incredibly impressive in both the qualifying, where his teammate made a mistake, which then caused a lot of damage. Um, he, on the other hand, missed out on sprint pole by a very, very small margin, and uh, and then converted uh, to second place in the sprint, which is obviously amazing. And then for the main race, uh, I'm not apportioning much blame to Oscar Piastri in, in this particular incident. I know that there is quite a lot of debate and people sending me messages. Oh, how, ma, ma, how could you possibly believe that Oscar Piastri is not a fool for this? May I remind you, everyone is allowed an opinion. And uh, my opinion is that Carlos Sainz uh, was was more at fault. I still think it's a racing incident. It's lap one, turn one. But Carlos Sainz was the one that, that, that caused that in some ways. Some people sort of are then saying, ah, oh, Hamilton was squeezing him. There was half a car width between Carlos Sainz's car and Lewis Hamilton's car. There's more There's more space there if he wants to take it. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel quite sorry for Piastri. And, I, and I'm on his side uh, when it comes to... You know, if we're going to apportion any kind of blame, uh, it's not on him. Uh, I've gone even more generous for Piastri. I've gone for a nine out of ten, which may sound absolutely insane when he's made three corners in, in the main race, uh, if that. But look, his sprint was incredible. Sprint quality was incredible. His qual- main qualifying, you know, he's beaten Lando in everything. Like all weekend, I firmly believe he would have beaten Lando in the race as well had he not had the incident. I think Carlos is almost fully to blame for it um, because Piastri was had his car. He didn't move positions. He stuck to the line and there was plenty of room down the inside before Carlos kind of very aggressively moved over. Um, and the reason it's a nine is because I think this is the weekend that even though he's been really good uh, and we've given him very good grades and even tens, um, I think this is the the first race we've seen where he has beaten Lando Norris. And you could argue that we've not, not seen that for a Lando Norris teammate, maybe even since Daniel Ricciardo won that race at, at Monza or something. It's been a very, it feels like a very long time at least. Um, I'm sure someone will, will correct me on that, but uh, Piastri, brilliant, uh, brilliant weekend, despite the DNF and, I think it's a very going to be very exciting to see how he does um, against Lando. I wouldn't be surprised now if he has the odd weekend where he's beating Lando. Yep, he's uh, he's he's obviously getting better as as time goes on. He's a rookie. He's only going to get better as as he gets more races under his belt. And the thing that impresses me the most is his nerves of steel to deliver that sprint quality second place when he's never been on the podium. He's never run as high as that. He was leading the race for a little while. Um, and again, driving around Spa that he hasn't done for three years um, and obviously wet never in a Formula One car, yeah. wet conditions, changeable conditions, it threw everything at him. And, you know, whatever you think of that lap one, turn one instant in the main race, everything else was, was really, really good. I can't give him a nine because we didn't actually see how the main race went. But uh, but eight's, uh, eight's a solid one for me. Lando Norris now, sprint quality fifth, finished the sprint in sixth and then started the main race in seventh and finished seventh. 
Uh, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Lando. Um, yeah. is uh, kind of, I think, a, not a particularly great weekend, but it's kind of a, a solid points haul um, when you could argue he's had a bit of a difficult weekend. You know, he's struggled um, against Piastri. He made the mistake as well. Uh, in the race, I don't think the McLaren was set up particularly well for the race. Uh, so, yeah. Started seventh, finished seventh. I'm going to give him a seven. And I'm going to give him a <laughs> seven as round. well. Seven's all round indeed. Um, yeah, it did feel like a slightly off weekend for Lando. That that mistake in sprint quali, which potentially cost him maybe starting on the front row uh, with, uh, with the amount of damage he was carrying. And let's, you know, we, we need to mention his comeback. Uh, that was unbelievable from Lando to go from what was like 19th to uh, recovering to seventh with that really long soft stint at the end. Um, So that needs to be commended because I think that McLaren, as you say, was definitely not set up for dry conditions in a race. As soon as it started getting slippery, Lando was the fastest car on track by over a second, obviously with fresh softs as well. But it, it was a great comeback drive to that because I don't think any of us thought he was going to score points um sort of halfway through the race i would say so uh yeah seven out of ten um because yeah mclaren i think they've even come out and said that there are some weaknesses in the car that they need to fix that they've learned from spa and uh hopefully they do because we really enjoyed them being right at the front and we don't want them to start slowly slipping back down a bit like aston martin we don't want that at all we want them to take the fight to red bull please Pierre Gasly now, sprint quality sixth, finished the sprint race in third and then started the race in 12th and finished 11th. I'm going for an eight out of 10 uh, for Pierre Gasly. I think he was so unlucky in the main race to be stuck behind Piastri, who was going at 40 miles an hour up Eau Rouge and everyone was just steaming past him uh, on the inside line. Um, otherwise, he may well have scored some some decent points. Um Unfortunately, didn't manage to get up to 11th, so just missed out. And yeah, the sprint race was obviously amazing. So big shout out to Pierre Gasly for that. Uh, that I think that was a, a, the, the surprise of the weekend up there with Oscar Piastri maybe, but I think Gasly maybe even more surprising to, to finish third and to hold off uh, for that, for that not a podium, but a podium, whatever you want to call it, a medal, a trophy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, an impressive, I'd say, overall weekend for Gasly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, gone for an eight out of 10. Even though we're saying like, oh, the sprint is not as important, but if you can finish as high as third, they're getting, you know, that's more points than Alpine would score normally in a main race anyway. So a uh, brilliant result for for Gasly, really good in that, uh, in that sprint. Bagged a load of points and then, yeah, he was so unfortunate. Uh, in the race if you watch the replay <laughs> it's actually painful to watch how he is just on Piastri's uh, rear as Piastri is just slowly going down the hill uh, towards uh, Eau Rouge and Radion and Gasly just has no way he can go and everyone's just flying past him um, do you think um, the- uh, on that note do we do you think that Piastri could have done a bit more to get out of the way sooner knowing that his car was ailing yeah yeah uh, although I guess now they don't have the runoff on the the left hand side, um, but maybe he could have just gone straight over at Eau Rouge and I gone off. Did, though, it to was, be fair. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, tough. It's difficult. I think maybe he could have veered left quicker, but look, it's it's. I think it would have been a matter of seconds, not 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 a long time that he was in front of everyone. It was just very unlucky, wasn't it? Yeah, it was also. Um, I'm just very glad that there was no kind of major damage or incident because. 
seeing a car go extremely slowly while everyone's going extremely quick into that corner is terrifying. Absolutely. Uh, well done to the drivers that were stuck behind um, Piastri because I can only imagine they were chomping at the bit to try and get past. Um, it was a miracle so that no one else got damaged or anything up in that. In that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great driving from, from everyone, I would, I would say, on that. Um, Esteban Ocon now, sprint quality ninth, sprint race ninth, started 14th and then finished eighth. Gone for a seven for Ocon. Um, I think he was the slower of the Alpine drivers, um, even though he's done better in the race. But I think that's that's because Gasly had that problem, like we said, uh, of getting stuck at the start. Um, and boy, do we have to talk about that move on Sonoda. It was an absolute Ooh, yeah. beaut. Um, precision. Like I love those moves where... It, is, it was unexpected because we, we see so many DRS passes now that you kind of, it's almost rare to see people go into the corner and actually overtake. Um, and the fact that he didn't just back off, wait to get him DRS again, he went for it, took Yuki by surprise, and it was millimeters. And I think the fact that we saw it live on board as well made it even more kind of like make you step back. It was uh, very nice from Ocon, but yeah, still a seven. <laughs> But I'm still giving him a seven. Uh, yeah, I've gone for a seven as well. That that move was move of the season, in my opinion. That was uh, sensational. Uh, the fact that it was millimetre perfect is is something that was so satisfying about that. Credit to Yuki Tsunoda as well for, for being part of that move and not uh, causing Ocon to go straight on or whatever. There was a car's width and Ocon took that car's width and one millimetre and, and went straight through it. It was, it was a great move. And he came alive at the end uh, on the soft tyres and uh, one more lap. I think he would have finished seventh. Uh, had he done that, I would have given him an eight, to eight out of ten as well, I think. But um, just missed out on that, and therefore uh, a seven out of ten. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I know that I am constantly looking for F1 news, stalking Daniel Ricciardo's Twitter, looking for any clues that Ferrari's car is going to be better this season. We need all the help we can get. But if you're struggling to find that special something to spend your time on or have anxieties about not spending your time wisely, then therapy can be a great way to clarify what matters most to you. You can start with BetterHelp, the therapy service that prioritizes your time. You can book sessions around your schedule and with open conversations with your chosen therapist, you can decide how long or short you need your sessions to be. Finding what values are closest to you by starting on your own time and your own terms. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash p1pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p1pod. Lewis Hamilton now, sprint quality seventh, finished the sprint in seventh, then started the race in third and finished fourth. I have gone for an 8 out of 10 for Lewis Hamilton this weekend. I think it was a, a pretty decent weekend uh, from him overall. Obviously missed out in the sprint because of George Russell getting in the way. And also as, as well, I, I'm not just going to apportion blame to George here, but also to the Mercedes team. And they've already said that as well, that the radio communication has to be better because they were both rushing to start their laps when they had 10, 15 seconds in the bag uh, to really sort of measure that better. So... 
that was on Mercedes, I would say, in some ways as well. Uh, and then in the race, didn't manage to get Leclerc, but was close pretty much throughout. Stole the fastest lap at the end. I think Mercedes and Ferrari were very close this weekend. And uh, yeah, a solid drive from Lewis, 8 out of 10. Uh, I got for a 9 out of 10 for, for Hamilton. Um, Ooh, okay. Because I, the more I watch the, the incident as well in the sprint, the more I think... Um, I'm even more adamant that it shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, and he's very unfortunate. Uh, and without that, you know, he's getting two very good results. Um, British bias. I can I see the comments already. Oh, my God. Max Verstappen fan with British bias. Oh, don't worry. There's no British bias in the next one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I've gone for a 9 out of 10 for Hamilton. I think he's uh, driving well and and snatched that fastest lap point, which is... Uh, a rare, a rare thing now to to take the point from from Max because normally he has such a lead he can do it anyway. Absolutely. Uh, we now go to George Russell. Started uh, sprint quality in tenth, finished the sprint in eighth, started the race in eighth, and finished sixth. I gone for a six out of ten for um, George Russell. Uh, said this in the the watch along actually. You know he's he's come back through the field again and got a a good amount of points, if not spectacular. But I think it's maybe flown under the radar how mediocre uh, Russell's been in the last few races, uh, maybe even this season. I think Hamilton's absolutely um, clear at the moment. Uh, And it's very strange from George because I think a lot of his problems seemed to be in qualifying when he was this Mr. Saturday and all that. Uh, and actually, um, yeah, he's, I, I feel like he's just being a bit, uh, bit average. Uh, and then obviously, you know, had that, that moment where, uh, George overtook, uh, Hamilton in quali- uh, qualifying and then ruined his lap as well, which still makes me think that if Mercedes did ever sort their car out, that these two would, uh, be, tripping over each other and make Max Verstappen just the champion anyway. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm, it's, a, it's a weird one, but I think George has maybe flown under the radar a bit this year that uh, I don't think he's having a particularly uh, great season. And flown under the radar, but for the bad reasons rather yeah, than sorry, for the good. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've also gone for a 6 out of 10 for George. I was thinking maybe a 7, but I think 6 is probably fairer considering you know that sprint quality moment, which was on him as well, as as I said. But then you know, I can't give him any lower than that because his his actual race was was pretty solid. He he pulled off a one stop strategy, which uh, is pretty awesome considering there was no heavy fuel running uh, in the dry uh, at all. So there was no data going into that, and and he really made that work because he he went twenty two laps on the on the mediums, then went twenty two laps on the softs, and that was it. Managed to overcut a lot of the drivers by doing that, and uh, finished in a solid sixth. I think without that holding up moment of, of Hamilton in the sprint, I'd probably give him a seven because he still scored some reasonable points. And this is what Mercedes do. This is what I long for Ferrari to do is even when they have shocking weekends, Hamilton gets a penalty. George is not driving particularly great. They're still scoring solid points without fail. And yes, I think George is performing under Lewis Hamilton's uh, current sort of benchmark, but George is still getting points uh, and therefore we can't give him too too horrible of a of a grade 
Uh, let's now go to Carlos Sainz, who started this, oh, did the sprint quali in third, uh, finished the sprint race in fourth, and then started fourth, and did not finish. I am going to go for a five out of ten for Carlos Sainz. Uh, now, I'm not saying he particularly deserved a penalty for lap one, turn one, but I think he deserves a large portion of the blame for that racing incident, if we're going to call it that. Um, such a shame because I think he would have been right up there with with uh, with Leclerc and Hamilton uh, for that fight for P3. He has been on the pace of of Charles, and I just you know we we go back to that incident, and I'm, I'm very surprised actually that he's come out and said that he thinks it was Oscar's fault and it's a lack of experience and this that and the other. When uh, you know we we keep speaking about that that change of direction he did, that the the very aggressive change of direction. Now Oscar Piastri, you look at his onboard. He doesn't, I think doesn't his expectation yeah. is that there won't be that large ch uh, change of direction. Uh, there is. Carlos obviously locks up slightly, slightly out of control, but still manages to slow the car down. And yeah, I don't think Carlos even knew Oscar was there, to be honest with you. I think that's a, another thing is that if he had awareness that McL the McLaren was on the inside of that apex, I don't think he would have turned in as much. So I think the awareness was slightly lacking from Carlos. Yeah, just on that. On that point, um, we've not, because this happened after we'd finished recording our race podcast, but he's done a tweet, I'm sure you saw it, um, sorry, an X or a post, whatever you want to call it these days. It's a tweet. It's a tweet. Um, but yeah, the fact that it is so weird because uh, drivers, when they do their post-race tweet, it's normally so PR friendly and it's very much, and it's still like written like that. It's got the picture, it's got the link to his website and stuff. But the wording of it, where it's like racing incident, uh, Oscar was too optimistic. Uh, he was never side by side, and that move n never works in Spa. It was savage. How many quote tweets are that? Guy? <clears throat> I was about to say it's got seven hundred and twenty-seven retweets and five thousand two hundred and fifty-nine quote tweets, which Holy! you know means it's controversial. When oh you see my that, God. when you see the quote tweet ratio, you know it's caused a stir, right? Holy God, I've never seen so many quote tweets. Oh, that's mad. So yeah, pretty wild. Um, yeah, from, from my rating is a four out of 10. Uh, I do think it is um, Carlos's fault. And it's really frustrating. I've said it so many times that he's throwing away points. He's now on Leclerc's level in pace. He's qualifying well against him and Leclerc's an absolute beast in qualifying, and Carlos is finally sort of right up there with him. And he's just throwing away points with silly moves. And I think it's all right for Carlos to say Oscar shouldn't have been there, but he was always running the risk of getting damaged by doing something so unexpected of, like, changing your line so dramatically. Caught people out uh, and... Yeah, um, it's self-inflicted, really, his DNF, so four out of ten. Boom. Yeah, maybe five was a bit too generous. I've locked in that now because sprint was all right. Charles Leclerc now, sprint quality fourth, finished the sprint race in fifth, started the main race from first and finished third. Gone for a nine out of ten. Um, I, I only I think it would be a ten if it was just a race. Um because there's nothing more he could do in the race. I think the sprint maybe could have done a bit better. Obviously got out, sprint made the, made, qualified. He made the mistake in sprint quality as well. Should have been on pole. 
Yeah, exactly. So he might he could well have easily been second in the sprint, and then we, we we're getting a ten here. So, uh, but it's a nine. It's a nine out of ten. Um, in the terms of the race, uh, you know, perfect from him. Uh, another another masterclass from Charles Leclerc in a sprint weekend race uh, seems to happen a lot. <laughs> but what more can he do against the the Red Bulls? The best you can hope for is third, and he finished third. Lovely stuff. Well done, Charles. Uh, I've also gone for a nine out of 10, pretty much echoing what you said. Uh, the sprint was just slightly less than ideal and and the main race was was brilliant. You know, to hold off Hamilton was was great. He, he sort of withstood the pressure all race long. Couldn't do anything about the Red Bulls. Never could. No chance. Um, shame that Perez got him immediately. I would have liked to have seen how long he would have maybe kept on uh, in front of him uh, than, than more than one lap. I'm really glad that's... Uh, I only got to see Charles Leclerc leading for three corners, um, but you know maybe, maybe we'll get four corners next time he's on pole. Uh, let's see. Sergio Perez now, sprint quality eighth, did not finish the sprint race, started the main race in second and finished second. I've gone for an eight out of 10 for, for Sergio Perez, a much better weekend overall. The collision with Hamilton, uh, I don't think Hamilton deserved the penalty, but I'm not really going to blame Perez for it. It was just uh, an unfortunate incident and also very unfortunate for him to, to sustain such damage. And then in the main race, yes, he got absolutely smashed by Max, but we have to now have the expectation that's going to happen every single week. He's not on the level of Max for whatever reason anymore. He was right at the beginning of the season. Um, now he's getting absolutely pummeled, but I think eight out of 10 still, he's, he finishes second better than, than what he's been doing uh, in the previous months gone by. I've gone for a seven out of ten for for Perez um, because it, of the sprint. Give it, be it, be no. nine. Wait, so you're <laughs> genuinely saying that the sprint was his fault? Not a hundred percent his fault, but I think it was a racing incident that he played a huge part in, where he's made a mistake. Hamilton's gone up the inside, and Perez is risking a lot by kind of staying side by side into that corner and mm. giving Hamilton barely any room you know he's always here. <laughs> he's always making that that risk and then uh you know i know he's not on max's level but when he was in the lead and max took quite a few laps to get past Charles, i can't believe perez didn't pull a, a gap and get get away potentially which would have helped him a bit more um you know, it's still a it's still a good drive, but I, I think it's an eight out of ten without the sprint, and I think there is part to blame for his sprint DNF and also qualified poorly in the sprint again, which has put him in the mid pack. So um it's a seven. Yeah, I think the sprint quality was down to the run plan of Red Bull as opposed to potentially him. Um but let's talk about the sprint race because people like it when we disagree, and, and I feel like we're about to disagree fully here. Cause look, I don't think Hamilton deserved the penalty. I've said that. But I also think Perez absolutely belongs to be on that outside of that corner. Let's not forget, it's it's a rainy race. The Hamilton on the inside of that corner, that is not the racing line in the wet. You go slightly offline because of the fact that it's it's slippery on the inside. So Perez, as much as he had a bad exit, he's more than, more than you know, uh, allowed to be on that outside of the line. And if Hamilton hadn't have clipped the inside curb, which unsettled the car, and then he went into the side of Perez then they would have gone side by side just fine. So I feel as though Perez was unfortunate with Hamilton's mistake and some people think that that deserves a five-second penalty. I don't. It's racing. And I think that that was you know, an unfortunate um, 
mishap that that happened. So, yeah, uh, I think Perez did belong to be on the outside there, Tommy. And uh, what, you just want him to give up places, huh? You know, just because he has a little bit of a bad exit. Oh, no worries. See you later, mate. Well, not give up places, but it's risk versus reward, isn't it? And he was always going to lose that that place. So, I would say it's more risky from Hamilton, though. To be on the inside when it's not as grippy, there's a curb there which unsettled the car, and then he goes into the side of Perez. But he was so easily alongside; he was actually ahead of Perez going into the corner, if anything. Um, so uh, yeah. side by side, but that's fine. Okay, interesting. <laughs> well, look at that disagreement. Let us know. Let us know. In, uh, let us know in the comments or wherever you are what you think, and uh, is is Perez at fault? I feel like I might I might win that one. Uh, Max Verstappen now uh, sprint quality first. Sprint race first, start of the race in sixth, finish first. I've gone for a three out of ten because yeah. uh, starting the race six, poor qualifying. For Unforgivable. Max. Um, you know, awful. Like, what was he doing to... No. Um, and also, you threw me under the bus a bit there by saying I thought it was Perez's fault. I'm not saying it's Perez's fault. I think he's got... Okay. He can have some of the blame and has to manage risk versus reward. But Max, <laughs> Max Verstappen... <laughs> you misquoted me there. Yeah, you misquoted I'm sorry. me. I'm sorry. Just, you know, just before, uh, you know, all the whole of Daily Mail and stuff into, picks yeah. up. And, the Daily you know, Mail. Front of the Daily Mail says, Bellingham, Sergio Perez was at fault. The British bias <laughs> scum. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, Max Verstappen, 10 out of 10. Uh, again, made it look so easy from sixth he's inevitable i saw that that graphic that f1 shared where he's won from so many different starting positions now um you know you you look at a lot of champions and they haven't won there's certain champions that haven't won from lower than x or or whatever and max verstappen has now won from pole 22 times p2 nine times p3 He's one from P4, he's one from P6, one from P7, he's one from P9, he's one from P10, he's one from P14. Like, it doesn't matter where he starts, he still can win the race. And yeah, it's another perfect weekend and another 10. But he can't win every week, can he? <laughs> sure, surely not. It's so funny that we have all these discussions like, Max could genuinely win, but he can't win every week. Um, yeah. What are his weaknesses? We said it in the main, the main thing. His weaknesses are his weaknesses are GP. Uh, if we mm. can just get him on the radio to rile him up enough, maybe he'll chew through his soft tires, and then uh, we have a, a race on our hands. Uh, I've gone for a nine out of ten um, because it's the only thing I can control about Max Verstappen. That uh, <laughs> this is great. I'm joking. It's a ten out of ten, of course. Um, I just wanted to, for a moment there, have control over something that Verstappen does. Uh, yeah, 10 out of 10, unreal, unbelievable. We are witnessing history. It is obviously, we don't like dominance. No one likes dominance. And as soon as Max Verstappen doesn't dominate, whenever that might be, you know, these people that despise him will then love him and be like, oh, he's so humorous. Oh, we love Sebastian, it's the Sebastian, it's the Sebastian Vettel uh, effect. You know, everyone loves Vettel, but didn't particularly like him. I'm sure there were some people, but some people didn't when he was dominating at Red Bull. So, uh, yeah, really unbelievable from, from Verstappen once again to take the lead on lap 17 so easily. Just rocked up to the back of Perez, both of them on new mediums. Like Perez was on 50-lap old hard tyres uh, and Max was on one-lap old softs. That's what it looked like. He was almost pushing Perez uh, around the track before he passed. And 
he's just uh, on another level. So you have to commend him. It's not just the car. Perez is showing it's not just the car. It is man and machine. Uh, so well done, Verstappen. And that leads us, leads us quite nicely into who is our P1. And of course, it has to be, because the only driver that got 10 out of 10 this week is Max Verstappen. Congratulations, Max, on another award to go with all the other awards you've been winning. Um, 45 wins now. He is eight wins away from Sebastian Vettel's 53 win tally, which means he will most likely beat that this year if he continues this run that of form. That is wild. Yeah. He'll be potentially uh, 26 years old when that happens. Outrageous. Yeah. Um, P1, Max Verstappen, like you say, is the only one that we've given a 10 to. And um, it's fully deserved. And yeah, well done, Max. I'm sure our P1, who is P1 in the Belgian Grand Prix Trophy, is going to sit break there it. in front of you. Yeah, don't break it. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you a little award. Um, yeah, good times. Good times. Good times indeed. <laughs> is it and good times? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's anything but. Just smile through the pain and the tears, but it's fine. Four weeks of no Red Bull wins is what's ahead of us now uh, for this summer break. Uh, but during the summer break, we've promised you content. Uh, one of those pieces of content is where we're going to be going through our ratings that we've done so far, all the way up to the mid-season, collating it all, doing the calculations, and then going through best to worst, or maybe worst to best. We'll see how we, we do it. But um, looking forward to that, seeing who is most washed and who is most most brilliant. I wonder who's going to be at the top. No idea. Yeah. Maybe maybe people can let us know in the comments how they want us to to do this because I guess we could. the The two options are we go from worst to best, even though we kind of already know who's doing it, or we do our normal order and then give like our average grade of the season to kind of grade their season, if you like. Hmm. I think worst to best, maybe just because it's a okay. bit more chronological and a bit more not chronological, but you know what I mean, like more in order. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, you will find out uh, because it also be very OC. interesting to see how we've said it before. But those tiny disagreements we do have, where it's a grade Hello. here and there, mm. who's you know who's going to shoot up the order? Who's the most British bias scum out of either of us? We'll <laughs> about to find out. <laughs> yeah, our disagreements are usually one rating. <laughs> yeah, but it might in like eleven races. It yeah. could actually be quite a your Fernando big, Alonso big. and Yuki Sonoda bias are going to be thrusting them up exactly. the order. I promise you that. But that is it. Thank you everybody for the uh, support for watching along and listening along to our. F1 driver rating series and everything else that we've been doing. Of course, as I say, we're not leaving you alone over these next four weeks. Of course, the, the uploads will slow down a slight bit, but we will still keep you entertained. Do not worry about that. Uh, and Tom Bellingham, what are your final thoughts for the final time for four weeks? My final thoughts are I didn't hear a word you said about Max Verstappen's race because Frank spotted a cat in the garden and was barking, um, but I'm sure you said he did a good race. Yes, I wonder what I would have said about Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Um, amazing things, don't worry. I would never, I would never um, say bad things about your boy uh, unless he takes up Charles Leclerc. And that is it. Thank you, everybody, once again. And we'll see you very soon for another piece of content. Bye. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.